start recording. Welcome to Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. This week, Mike is still out. Uh, however, I do have Eva being our co-host again. Hello, Eva. Hi. Thank you so much for coming back to do this again. Oh, absolutely. I look um, forward to it. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of these things, Mike, for those of you who didn't listen to last week's episode, <laughs> uh, Mike's mom passed away a couple, uh, couple weeks ago, and he's still kind of just going through getting everything together in his life, which, you know, shit happens, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys are interested in helping him out at all, you can go visit him on geekcastradio.com, uh, leave him a message, he's got stuff up there, he, he could use whatever help you guys could provide, support. Yeah. If you have money that you want to throw at him, donations, he's taking it. He would appreciate it greatly. Uh, So with that said, and I know you guys have kind of heard some of the music here that we were playing at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. We are rocketing back, well, taking a time travel trip, I guess, Mm -hmm. back to 1986. Um, No, we're not jumping in the DeLorean just yet. (laughs) (laughs) We are actually going back to discuss the movie Disney's Flight of the Navigator. Awesome. Uh, you know, I got to say, I love this movie. Love this I movie as a too. kid. I do, too. I do, too. I remember seeing it when my dad had taken me, and this was probably the very first movie I had ever seen at the theaters out in La Jolla at Universal Town Center. University Town yes. Center, they had it. And we went in. I got a pin, a Flight of the Navigator pin, when we bought tickets to see the movie. Oh, how cool. I you still have it? That, I still have that pin. Well, actually, I don't. My mom does, but she she's collected it, and she goes, I'm never getting rid of this damn thing. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> you know, I told her that she couldn't trade it away, and people see it all the time. Like, how did you get that? That's so cool. Oh, my yeah, gosh. I uh, remember seeing it as soon as it came out, but I, I don't remember specifics like that. But I just remember it was like my favorite movie at the time that it came out. I had a lot of favorite movies, but that one for a good couple of years was my favorite when it came out. Yeah. So, yeah, very fond memories of that. So to kind of get an idea of what this is, it's a, it's a comic science fiction film. Mm-hmm. Um this kid is abducted. He, 
12-year-old boy named David Freeman. He is abducted by an alien spaceship. He finds himself caught in a world that's basically changed around him. Right. And the concept is that he was traveling faster than the speed of light on this on this ship to go to Phalon, which mm-hmm. is another planet in another star system completely. Uh, right. It's supposed to be 560 light hours away. Mm-hmm. So they shoot him off and they get him there. The whole reasoning behind it was that they said that humans use 10% of their brains, which uh-huh. we all know is bullshit because if you only use 10% of your brains, you basically wouldn't be able to walk and you'd be kind of slobbering all over yourself. Right. That's like an urban myth, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, they make the joke that, you know, that they filled it that they filled up the brain and he's like, oh, what happened? It leaked. <laughs> okay. So there's this on running joke about that. Right. And. The ship, as it leaves David, as it drops him back off, it brings him back home and drops him off. But they they were afraid to bring him back in time to when he was left there because they didn't think his body would be able to handle it. Right. So the ship takes eight years to go from where it picked him up to Phalon and back. And when David, but in reality, it was like he was only gone for like four hours or something, right? Right. 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 In okay. his time, in his mind. And and that was where they got the science right. Because uh-huh. as you approach the speed of light, time slows down. So it is right. possible to time travel in that sense. Mm-hmm. I thought they did an excellent job of putting that in. And I was actually going to ask, that was one of the things I was going to ask, is how accurate that was for as far as the calculations of the... Because, yeah, it says like 560 light years away, and then it was like 2.2 solar hours or something, and then it ended mm-hmm. up being 4.4 hours, and he was really gone. Um, something like that. I was going to actually ask you if you knew if that was actually accurate math. Two point, yeah. I mean, it, it's, mm-hmm. you know, my math is not that great on that, but it's it's about right, eight years, you know, approximately. Mm-hmm. So. Great. It worked out. That mm-hmm. was good science in that respect. Right. And then they fell apart when they did the whole 10% of your brain thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, <sighs> but it's kind of funny because David, he falls into this he falls in this ravine. He doesn't actually see the ship. He's like, what the heck is that? He's supposed to go pick his brother up. And then all of a sudden he wakes up at the bottom of the ravine later on and goes home. And when yeah. he gets home, he's like knocking on the door and he goes, hey, hey. The door is locked, and he's thinking that his brother locked him out. Yeah. Runs into the house, and it's not his house. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's crying and everything. He's like, I just want my mom. Freaking out. You know, yeah. yeah. I felt so bad for him. Even watching it the other night, I was like, oh, that poor kid. He did a really good job, that actor. Oh, yeah. Portraying just the fear and the confusion. And I want my mom. I don't know what's going on. Help me. I don't know. He did a really, really good job. A really good child actor there. Well, they, you know, they go through all that. NASA brings him back in because they find him. And they're like, something's wrong with this kid. Because, yeah. you know, he's he's supposed to have aged. He should be 20 now, and he's still 12 after miss, being missing for eight years. Exactly. So there's all that going on. The NASA is, like, kidnapping him, basically, and they're holding him. And he kind of meets up with this ship, and the ship is kind of calling him. Right, yeah. And it's this whole goofy thing. He's like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he... He gets memory tests done. He finds out that his mind is all full of these manuals. Uh, he finds out that he went to Phalon. He finally gets into the ship, and the ship is like, the ship starts talking to him, the, the robot pilot of the ship, and says, you know, 
I, I screwed up. I hit a, you know, I hit a electrical post and I lost my data. I need mm-hmm. to suck the data out of your head. <laughs> yep. And he's like, okay. So, <laughs> and he couldn't understand. That was another thing too. And he was all hooked up to the computers and stuff. And I loved seeing the computers. What a time warp looking at all the computers <laughs> and the TV screens and the, the, you know, boom boxes and all this stuff. Oh like yeah. The huge brick cell phone that they were talking on and all this. I'm just like, Oh my God, this is crazy. This was what? 86 almost. Well, wait a minute. 30 years ago. Almost 30 Almost. years ago. Yeah. yeah, it was just like, oh, my God, what a time warp seeing these old-ass computers and seeing them all hooked up. And he was so confused. Like, how is this coming out of me? I don't understand. This is nuts. Yep. Oh, it, it was great. And, and you know, they, they go all the way back and they get him in. And, of course, they have a scientist named David Faraday. or uh, mm-hmm. do, uh, I'm sorry, not David Faraday. Dr. Lewis Faraday. Yes. Uh, and... <laughs> This guy's played by Howard Hessman, who we'll get to in a minute. Uh-huh. Uh, but we, we go through all this here. We find out the ship is the ship is named Max. After the ship scans his brain, uh-huh. that was when it got good. Because yeah. we start seeing that the ship accidentally picked up some of David's eccentricities and, and becomes more human than it was before instead of this robotic uh-huh. AI. Yes. And... When I heard it, now, keeping in mind, this is right around the time that Pee-wee's Playhouse came out. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm listening to the voice, and I'm like, man, that sounds a lot like Pee-wee Herman. I thought so, too. Nah, it couldn't be. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Uh, We do get Paul Mall is what he called himself for this movie in the credits. I noticed that. I didn't understand that. I was like, I wonder why he did that, why he didn't take full credit as himself. It's kind of weird. Paul Rubens is like that. He distances himself from various <laughs> characters. He didn't want to be known. If he was going to be Pee Wee Herman, he was going to be Pee Wee Herman, and he didn't want to be known as Paul Rubens. Huh. Um, you know, even when he got arrested, especially after he was arrested, that was kind of a big thing, but we'll get to that. Trust me. Yeah. I. <laughs> uh, you know, we kind of go through all this. We see some of the aliens on the ship. Uh, I, I love that. <laughs> that was cute. The little... All the animals. Some of them were nasty, but there was that one, that little one that he was like holding on to and the stuff. The Puff Yes. Yes. <laughs> was so cute. <laughs> they were creepy and weird, but they were cute at the same time, kind of like trolls. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, some of the stuff that there were, there were some great lines in this film. Like, oh, there totally was a they, lot of one-liners. You know, they stop so David can take a whiz, and he goes, yep. "Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. What are you doing out there? I'm taking a leak." <laughs> and then later on, they later on they crash into the water, and and he says, "Oh my God, how do I know that this thing is gonna leak?" He goes, "Navigator, I do not leak. You leak. You Remember?" Leak. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, I laughed so hard at that. Oh, totally. Oh, my goodness. I, I loved just, yeah, like I, you were talking about how as he, uh, David was controlling the ship and stuff, how Max became more like human-like. And there were a couple of scenes where like they would like be bickering back and forth and fighting back and forth. And it reminded me of like how me and my brother used to you know fight when we were kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of neat to see the little dynamic there and see how um, Paul Rubens, you know, humanized it and made it made it a funny character and you could see his personality coming through and as a kid watching it over and over and over again it he sounded like Pee Wee to me but I didn't equate 
and maybe as a kid I might have seen the credits and said Paul Mall. Oh, okay, I guess that's not Pee Wee Herman, you know? Yeah. Um, so it didn't like equate with me. Oh my God, that's Pee Wee Herman. I just thought to myself, oh wow, he he sounds like Pee Wee Herman, you know? <laughs> but for whatever reason, it did not compute that that was him. So yeah. it was kind of. And even when I saw the credits and I saw Paul Mall and I went on to IMDb and I'm like, wait a second, mm-hmm. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> You know, there were some certain jokes which I thought were great. One of them, one of the best ones is when he lands at that gas station. Yes. And he yes. comes down, the guy's like staring at him. Yeah. He goes, excuse me, sir, can I can I get some change for the phone? And he like, <laughs> he's still staring at the ship and he pulls out the money and hands it to him and he's like buying a road map and all this. And, right. You know, the parents, that family comes by and he goes, oh, look, you know. Look, they've got this, you know, neat UFO type thing. You know, the, all these roadside attractions have them so that they can bring people in, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. And, and he gets back on the ship and the ship flies away and the parents are like standing there and, you know, everybody's kind of just stock stone shock and and owner looks and says, he just said he wanted to phone home. Exactly, the little nod to E.T. there. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. I love that. And, you know, now that you've brought that up, it was bugging the shit out of me. I was watching that again, seeing that family, and the dad looked totally familiar. The red-headed dad, the tourist guy at the gas station. I'm like, oh. who is that? That actor looked so familiar, and it was bugging me. And I'm like, okay, that I have to do an IMDb. So I went on to IMDb, and I looked it up, and I guess he was in Reven- Revenge of the Nerds too. And I'm like, okay, I must have seen that because he looks so familiar but for some reason i was at first when i was watching the dad i'm like where have i seen him from where have i seen him from i thought that he was the um uh, have you ever seen the movie mystic pizza uh i have not actually okay there well it's mystic pizza and he plays uh, there's a character in there that one of the teenage girls has a, a little fling with and he's a married dad and i could have sworn that that was the same guy that played the dad in mystic pizza and i'm like oh my god that's the mystic pizza dad but i don't think it was and when i looked on imdb i'm like oh he was on revenge of the nerds and he's been on a few other things too but i'm like revenge of the nerds too that's where i must have seen him from but he was he looked so familiar to me and it was bugging the crap out of me oh yeah but, of course, I'd seen this movie God knows how many times growing up as a kid, and it didn't, again, it didn't equate. You know? yeah. But, yeah, it's funny how you can watch something over and over and over again as a child and, you know, love the movie and you, you just notice new things. Even as an adult, you can watch something over and over and over again and catch different things that you didn't catch before. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That well, happened to me watching, you know, Flight of the Navigator a couple days ago, you know, for this. I was like, Paul Mall. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, let, let's jump in and discuss some of these actors here because yeah. obviously we've got we've got quite a few here. Uh, yes. We'll go ahead and we'll start with the star of the movie, Joey Kramer. Uh, mm-hmm. Joey really didn't do much. Uh, he, no. I mean, he had a couple of, of semi-big movies, if you want to look at this that way. Uh, mm-hmm. He played in a movie called Runaway with Tom Selleck back in 84. Uh, yeah. He was in The Clan of the Cave Bear with Daryl Hannah in 86. Uh, just before he did Fly to the Navigator, he was working with Disney for Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color, and he did a film, a, a TV movie called I Man, which I remember seeing. Oh, wow. uh, it was basically his dad was supposed to be invincible after breathing some space gas. So it was kind of neat, kind of neat. I remember that yeah. one. Uh, oh, wow. 
He was on a couple episodes of Murder, She Wrote. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me see. He was with Buddy Ebsen and Stone Fox. Mm-hmm. And his last acting credit, according to IMDb, was a party guest in the 1996 movie, It's My Party. Really? Um, yeah. He was uncredited. I'm just kind of like, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. So. Huh, okay. Really didn't have much to, no. s- to say, you know, whatever happened to him, I have no idea. That's kind of surprising, actually, because I'm sure that, I mean, God, I remember when it came out, how popular it was. And, I mean, it, it was a Disney movie, for crying out loud. You'd mm-hmm. think his career would have really skyrocketed after that. But not maybe he just chose not to... <laughs> Not to do that, I don't know, but he was an excellent actor. Yeah. For his age, I don't know how old he was doing that movie, but I would imagine he was probably close to around, you know, the character that he played, 12 years old maybe. But yeah, he you know, he cried, he laughed, he was very, very convincing, so that's oh, kind yeah. of surprising. Well, looking back here, when we look back at some of the other people that were in this, let's talk about the mm-hmm. next one. Yeah. Uh, the next big star of the film. Uh-huh. We have Max. Uh, right. who's also Pee-wee Herman. Yep. Uh, yeah, Paul Rubens is the voice of Max. He obviously, you know, we all know him as his alter ego, Pee-wee Herman, from, like, Pee-wee's Big Adventure and Big Top Pee-wee, Pee-wee's Playhouse. Right. Uh, you know, all this stuff. He uh-huh. had a bunch of stuff. Um, yep. He has... <laughs> Paul Rubens has done a shitload of stuff. I'm just going to say that. Um, It's kind of funny because he played, he basically voiced this navigator, Max, or a, a, I'm sorry, not not a navigator because that was Joey Kramer. He voiced the pilot of the ship, the artificial intelligence. This was not to be, this was his first shot as being a pilot, but it wasn't his last shot. Because he came back uh, in 87 when they opened up a little-known ride, partnered with George Lucas. Disneyland opened this up. Uh, yeah, we're talking Star Tours. He Star played... Tours. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Oh, my gosh. 87, so right after it came mm-hmm. out. He was the voice of RX-24, or Rex, who was the Rex. pilot. I remember uh, that. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, they and they recently changed it back in back in 2012. They changed the ride and they took out basically what it was, where you would fly through and, and go through the Death Star and blow up the Death Star. That's no longer there. Max is no or uh, not Max. Rex is no longer a pilot per se in in the new ride. However you do still get to see hints of Rex on the ride. As you're walking along, going up the path to go onto the ride, you uh-huh. see this busted up Rex that's sitting there, and you hear him, hi, 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 oh, oh, cool. and, and you start hearing him say, speaking again. But it's it's pretty obvious that he's, you know, that he's busted up and all that. Uh-huh. Uh, so you get that. Uh, he also... Uh, you know, we look at Paul Rubin's thing. He's had, he has done a bunch of stuff. He was oh. uh, one of his first appearances, and I remember seeing this. He was a waiter in the movie The Blues Brothers back in 1980. Yes. Yep. And I was sitting here, and my wife and I were watching it one night, and she goes, 
oh my god hey that's that's um um, um. and i go Wee herman yes paul rubens yeah yep. you know? so he was there um he was in uh mork and chong. mindy yeah you know uh cheech and chong he mm-hmm. uh he was in meatballs part two he was this guy named yep. albert um Jeez, he he made several appearances as Pee Wee Herman throughout his time. Uh, mm-hmm. He was on uh, the Dolly TV series as Pee Wee Herman. He uh-huh. showed up in a really, really cheesy film, but we'll have to cover this at some point in time on talking about my generation. Uh, it's a film from 1987 called Back to the Beach, where Frankie and Annette oh, come back. Yes! Oh, my and God. And <laughs> he makes a short appearance in there. Uh, you know, just, he was, he was the voice of Pee Wee Herman in the movie Moonwalker with, by Michael, with Michael Jackson, uh, mm-hmm. obviously Pee Wee's Playhouse. Uh, he was, I love that show. Oh my God. Now he was a good friend of Tim Burton. Really? Uh, yes. And so you'll kind yeah. of see him showing up in Tim Burton films. The yeah. very, and the very reason for this was that. The very first Tim Burton film that Tim Burton ever did. Take a guess. Hmm. Um. Starred Pee Wee Herman. I was going to say, was it Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Yes, it was. No shit. Yes. Was that was Tim Burton. No that was a Tim Burton film, and one of the clues for it is when they're they're tearing down the bike and they're getting ready to tear down the bike with the devil, and you start seeing right. them go down this path. The path mm-hmm. is something, looks like something straight out of Beetlejuice. So there's kind of that. You're right. You kind of just see that. weird kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. So you get that. I he, totally guessed on that one, too. That's awesome. Yeah. He also I, that's another up. one. We have to cover that one, too. Because oh, yeah. I've, I saw that one, like, incessantly. I had a videotape of that, and we watched it over and over and over and over again. And oh, it would yeah. be a trip to see that again after 25 years. But yeah, I mean, he he did that. He was in Batman Returns. Uh, That's right, he was. He was the Penguin's father, and you see him for like a right. blink of a second. Right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I remember. Yep. <laughs> he had one of the Great. best dying scenes I've ever seen in the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He gets stabbed with a stake, and he's there. Oh, ah, 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 <laughs> as he's dying, and they finally get down to the very end of the movie, and you see him still there, and he's holding the stake, and he goes, ah, ah. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. Uh, but you have That's that. Crazy. He was the voice of Locke in Nightmare Before Christmas. He was an FBI, FBI agent in Matilda. Um, let me wow. see. Oh, yeah. He, he had a bunch of stuff. And this, and this, is, this is something he really, after his incident. Right. Uh, for those of you who, for those of you who were born after. Pee Wee Herman, there there was a problem with him. He was caught with his pants down around his ankles at an adult movie theater pounding the porpoise. Okay. (laughs) Ah, And that's the best way to say it. And they arrested him and, you know, nobody wanted to believe him. They they arrested him for indecent exposure. And then he came out and he said, he goes, hey, I'm Pee Wee Herman. Don't you know who I am? You know, and he started doing the voice, and of course, we know now when he was he arrested. Nothing. I remember seeing his mugshot and going, oh, yeah. "Holy crap, that's P. 
seaweed. Like it totally did not look like him. It was just like he was all scraggly long hair and the mm-hmm. I think he had a goatee. Yeah. And I remember just like being almost scared, like, oh my god, he looks like some creepy pedophile dude. I did, did, total far cry from the Pee Wee Herman I knew and loved. It scarred me. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god. And, and I mean that was kind of the thing is that you, <laughs> you didn't really see him. I mean, he showed up. The next big thing that I remember him in after all that, because, I mean, you know, he he had done the stuff. He'd done the Buffy film, and it was kind of like, okay, he had this little vibe in there. But the next big thing I remember him from was in 1999, where he played as the Spleen in Mystery Men. And if you see that. Oh, my God. If you have not, you have to see it. I don't know. It's like a bunch of comedians that get together to film this thing, and it's, they're all supposed to be mm-hmm. these really bad superheroes. Uh, oh, that's awesome! I, I loved it. You, oh. you know, it's got um, um, Kel from uh, Keenan and Kel. I can't remember his name. Oh, uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, it's got Pee Wee Herman. It's got Ben Stiller, Janine Garofalo, William H oh, Macy. It's be hilarious! Okay, oh, cool. It, it's Mystery a lot of people Man? hate it, but I I thought it was funny. Cool. Um, I will take a look. But I mean, he, you know, he has that and then he starts doing all these voices and you start seeing all his voiceovers coming out. He was, um, let me see. He was the voice of Hermie the Elf on Rugrats. He was Dennis on Teacher's Pet. Uh, Let me see. He was the voice of Gollum on Hopeless Pictures. Um, Oh, yeah. Uh, It's great that his little, you know incident didn't derail his career you know well and it's kind of funny because he actually has made fun of himself because of that he did uh god i'm looking here to see when it was he came back to do a peewee herman on broadway and if i could find it here because Peewee herman on broadway that's awesome well yeah he he did a broadway show he got um he actually got quite a few voice actors to come on and do it with him. Because huh. did you know that the original, one of the original characters on Pee-wee's Playhouse was uh, Lawrence Fishburne? Yes, he played, oh uh, God, I can picture him in Cowboy my head. Cowboy Curtis. Oh, what? He played Cowboy Curtis. Yes, oh my God. I t- I'm totally picturing it in my head. Holy crap. Yeah. Yep. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, Pee-wee Herman show on Broadway. It was a TV movie that he did for HBO. Back in 2011, and I remember seeing a little bit of it, and they make fun of him being in jail, and he gets he because they he gets letters from all over the world, and one of them is from his his uh, cellmate from when he was in prison, and they start talking about oh how he God. was how you know he really loved him, and that was kind of the joke <laughs> of, of it. So uh, that's hilarious, though, and you know what? That's actually very. Um very smart as far as you know career move to make fun of yourself oh yeah i think when when you get when you get caught with your pants down you know that's the best way to you know yes this happened yep go ahead and lay it on me and and just you know you're owning it and you're taking responsibility you you know you did your time whatever mm-hmm. and good for him i'm glad that he i didn't realize he had done so much stuff after that had happened so oh, yeah. that's that's awesome well and and here's another kicker is that he is actually filming currently his his next big tv movie uh um, no way he will be returning despite the fact that he is 63 years old or or he i'm uh-huh. sorry he will be 63 in august no shit 
Okay. He is returning as Pee Wee Herman to do no Pee Wee's Big Holiday. No way. So that is filming that Good is supposed to be out next him. year. Oh my God. So a whole new generation, you know, my kidlets can see Pee Wee Herman. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I'm, you know, I have to say, I mean, he's, he's creepy as hell. Looking oh, yes. back on it now, if I were to watch Pee Wee Herman, I'd be like, oh my God, this is so freaking creepy. But as a kid, I mean, that was a big part of my childhood was Pee Wee's Big Adventure and, you know, Pee Wee's mm-hmm. Playhouse and all of that. And it would be kind of neat to see like the next generation of, you know, my kids watching that. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I think that his show will end up being more of one of those ones where it's going to be generational. So you're going to be able to watch it both with your kids right. and without. Um, right. So since I know we've spent, this has pretty much become Pee Wee Herman instead of Flight of the Navigator. Let's move on. Right. <laughs> right. Um, as we move down the list, we've got Veronica Cartwright, who played as Helen Freeman, who was his mom. Uh-huh. Um, she has done quite a bit, but probably her most famous role uh, was in the movie Alien in okay. 79. She, okay. uh, let me see here. She you played familiar to me. Yeah. yeah. She played Lambert in alien. I have okay. to be honest. I haven't ever seen alien only because the whole chest burster thing kind of got kind of scared the crap out of me. You never saw alien. I wow. saw aliens. I saw the sequel, but I never saw alien. I'll be darned. You should so, check it out. I know. I know, <laughs> but uh, she she played as that. She played as Betty Grissom in the right stuff. Um, you know, obviously Helen Freeman in this movie. She had right. uh, she was Felicia Alden in The Witches of Eastwick, which I don't oh. remember her that role. I don't um, either. Okay, you know she was a sister distant uh, assistant district attorney. Uh, Margaret Flanagan on L.A. Law for a couple of episodes. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, she's had a bunch of stuff, but not not, not anything, really huge. Yeah, not anything that I would really recognize her for. I mean, right. don't get me wrong. She's obviously working quite a bit. She, you know, Sarah Kinsey in 2004, uh, Peg Kimmel on Six Feet Under. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Cool. So she's you know. still acting. That's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In, in fact, if we go, the last thing that she did was a TV series called Bosch, where she played a woman named Irene Saxon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no idea on that movie because I've never seen it. So on, on yeah. TV series. So, um, uh-huh. but yeah, she's she's had quite a bit here looking at this. Very uh, cool. Moving on to her on-screen husband, Cliff DeYoung. Uh, mm-hmm. who played as Bill Freeman. Clifty Young is, he's recognizable. I mean, he's done, yes. he's one of those utility actors. Uh, right. You've seen him a lot, but you can't pinpoint where the heck you've seen him. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Uh, he, God, looking at his list, he's got a bunch of shit too. Um, <laughs> you know, it starts back in 54 when he plays, uh, when he played Alden in the Secret Storm TV series. 1954? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, let me see. He was on some. He was on a TV miniseries called Centennial back in 1978 and 79. Mm-hmm. Um, geez, let's see. He was. Uh, he was in the movie FX as Martin Lipton. He uh-huh. was 
uh, an episode of Simon and Simon. He was Colonel James M. Montgomery in Glory, which is probably one of his more famous roles. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen that. God, he's got a lot of stuff here. He was... Yeah, I was going to say, he's, he looks familiar to me, too, watching it again. I'm like, where have I seen him? I've seen him around. I can't pinpoint it, but I know I've seen him around. Very cool. Like, a lot of TV series. Yeah. And TV series and stuff. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got a couple of them. You know, The Craft with um, Neve Campbell. That uh-huh. was one of the movies right. that he did. Suicide Kings. Uh, more recently, he was Chuck De Palma on Jag... Uh, Ruben Banks on Nash Bridges. He had a couple of uh, a couple of episodes on The Young and the Restless back in 2007. Uh huh. Um, he played as Phil Loomis on a couple of episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Cool. Uh, probably his most recent thing that people recognize him for. He played a character named Ed uh, in the movie Wild with Reese Wither- Witherspoon. Oh, okay. Okay. Very cool. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's quite a bit here when you look at it. Yeah. I see Um, him still acting, too. That's He's been acting for a long time. mm Mm-hmm. Now, the next one that we have, (laughs) Carolyn McAdams. Yep. Um, I got to be honest, she looked a whole hell of a lot better in this film than she does now. She looks so cute in this movie. Uh, For for those of you who don't know who we're talking about, it's... Matthew Broderick's wife. <laughs> yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker. Right. Uh, I got to be honest. The, this was probably one of her better roles. I agree. Uh, you know, I she has done a lot, too. Uh, you know, I, I didn't realize this. One of her first roles was on 321 Contact. She did, mm-hmm. a, she did a character named Annie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was on Square Pegs as Patty Green. Yep. She was in Footloose. Did you remember you remember her from Footloose, don't you? Of course. Uh-huh. Uh she did a movie with um oh my god, Helen Hunt called Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. It's one of my wife's favorite. I love films. that movie too. Yes. Um, let me see. Obviously Flight of the Navigator, You're in Life. Mm-hmm. Sandy in LA Story with Steve Martin. That was hilarious. Yep. In one of I the I love that movie. One of the best lines out of that movie is Steve Martin. He's getting ready to have sex with her, and he starts feeling her boobs, and he's like, <laughs> and she goes, what's the matter? What's the matter? And he goes, your boobs, they feel funny. And she goes, oh, that's because they're real. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's what it is. You know, L.A. We spoils you. We should cover you. that. <laughs> we should uh, cover that movie. Yeah, but I mean, she she was that. She was Betsy in Honeymoon in Vegas with Nick yep. Cage. Um yep. She was the sexy slutty witch, Sarah in Hocus Pocus. God. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, and, and pretty much right after that is like when she started falling down. As far as I'm concerned, her face went I... to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I said last week. I don't like to bag on people's looks, but I I have to admit, like I said, it's weird. She's one of those actresses where I I like who she I like how she acts. She's a good actress in my opinion. Um, but may, depending on how she looks in each particular role, 
I find that it's like sometimes I look at her, I'm like, oh my God, she's really cute in this. And other movies, oh my God, she's not that attractive in this. And I, it affects how I view her character. Oh yeah. It's really bizarre. And in this movie, I loved her in this movie. And it just, she was so cute in this movie. I was just like, yeah. I, I'd have to say, I thought she was cute in Footloose too. Um, but in this one, it was just of course, she had the whole '80s vibe going on too. The you know the bleached blonde hair, and it was dyed, and then you oh, know, yeah. long, big, you know, chunky earrings, and you know the gaudy makeup and all of that. But I loved just her personality, and like that. My favorite line in the whole movie was the Coke line that she said when she was talking to David about <laughs> what you know taking his order. Cherry and Coke, what, what Coke, it? classic Coke, Diet Coke, yeah. Yeah, he's like, can I have a Big Mac and fries and a Coke? I hope those are still around. And she's like, well, that depends. Do you want new Coke, classic Coke, cherry Coke, Diet Coke, or caffeine-free Coke? It was just so cute. I was like, <laughs> oh, my out. God, there really was that many varieties of Coke back in 1986. It was crazy. It was another kind of time warp for me, like, wow. That was oh, yeah. <laughs> crazy. But she just she pulled it off so her, I don't know. It was just—it was just a really cute role for her. I thought that she did a really good job in that. Yeah, I, I just wish that her role as Carrie Bradshaw had never actually popped up because. Yeah. I you know. She didn't look all that great during the series. She really didn't. I. It's just, I would yeah. much rather have looked at Kim Cattrall naked any day than Sarah Jessica Parker. That's... I thought that I, I could be wrong. I didn't really watch the show a lot. I'd only seen maybe a few episodes, but I remember, you know, when it was really big, um, I could be wrong, but I thought that the original Carrie was supposed to be played by Kim Cattrall and they maybe. switched. I could be wrong. I, I don't uh, know. All I know is that Kim Cattrall was in it. She, you know, she was older, but she was a hot blonde, looked much mm-hmm. better than Jessica, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker, but you know, Hey, if her husband still loves her, you know, if Matthew Broderick still sees it, good for him. That's all I can say. <laughs> um, I really think it just, she just kind of just didn't age well because I think that she had the help of some really bad plastic surgery and extreme dieting. And that can really take a toll on, on how you look, you know, yeah. like, just losing way, 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 way too much weight and just, yeah. Eat some stress. burgers. Yeah. You know. It's it's a it's a shame. She's not an ugly woman, but I just find that with her, depending on how she looks in each movie, it just kind of affects. Not to say that I I don't like a movie if I don't think she looks attractive, right? You know, and, and I didn't dislike Sex in the City. I just didn't really get into it. But maybe that's why. <laughs> maybe because I didn't think she was yeah. all that attractive in it. She, I don't know. Well, she just kind of reminds me of of uh jennifer garner she and jennifer garner are kind of the same type of person in that if they're not smiling they look hideous if they smile they look cute Bottom you know, line. i always thought jennifer garner was kind of cute like but yeah it's i see what you mean she it she looks better when she smiles yeah Absolutely. if jennifer garner is not right. smiling she you could you know you could cut cheese with with those cheekbones, you know, you could slice diamonds <laughs> off of her, off of her face, <laughs> you know, I, and again, I, am not bagging on Jennifer Garner at all because I do think she's very pretty, but she just has those moments. Like if she's pissed off, Oh yeah. damn, not a woman you want to cross. Right. You, you know, know, it's funny too. My ex-husband was totally into Jennifer Garner and I never really gave her much thought, but we, we would sit there and I think it was daredevil or some other 
it was probably Daredevil or Electro. I think it was Daredevil. And he was just like ooing and awing over her. And I'm like, you know, you're entitled to have your celebrity crush, whatever. I'm just, I just got to say Jennifer Garner. I I don't, I don't get it, but okay. You know, that's okay. (laughs) She's not Um, ugly. She's a, you know, pretty girl, but I, I totally see where you're coming from. It, it depends on the expression on her face. Yeah. You know, just not a whole lot. Um, not a whole lot there, yeah. You know, the really the only other one that I really want to cover. I mean, there's, you know, we we have a couple of them, but I don't want to get into it because they're not they're not big players. Big players, right? Uh, <laughs> if we go and we look at the last one that I want to look at is Howard Hessman. Yes, he's done a lot. Oh, Howard Hessman. He, he's done a shit ton. Uh, yeah, he's probably you know. He's one of these guys that I, I'm sure he's been smoking pot <laughs> <laughs> ever since he took his first role. I'm pretty sure he's been, you know, high on pot through half of them. Cause when you look at him, it's like, yeah, he looks like a hippie. Uh, he totally does. Doesn't he? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and I mean, some of that probably kind of started with his role as, as Dr. Johnny fever and WKRP. Um, Thank you. I was just going to ask you what the hell role was it where he played a freaking doctor? No, I remember he, he that wasn't, and... well, that wasn't it because he was it's... a DJ. He was Dr. Johnny Fever, the DJ on WKRP in Cincinnati. Okay, he was okay. That's right. That's right. But didn't he play a doctor? He played Dr. Robert Dr. Williams Rito. on Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Uh, a doctor, like in a soap or a comedy or something. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, he's going back. Let's see. I mean, going back all the way here, his first role was in on the Andy Griffith show back in 68. So that should tell you there. He's been doing this for a long time. Long time. Uh, Let me see here. I loved WKRP. That was a great show, too. Yeah, he was Terry Ladd and This is Spinal Tap. Uh, he was Sam Royer on One Day at a Time. One Day at a Time, maybe? Mm-hmm. Uh, God, let's see. Oh, my God. It's funny, too, because I, yeah. He was, he, one. <laughs> one of my favorite roles that I remember him from was Charlie Moore on Head of the Class. Head of the Class. Oh, I'm my sure God. That You've never seen, sure Head of the Class was with all those smart kids. Vaguely, okay, vaguely. Um, was Lisa Bonet in that? I don't think so. I'm looking here. Oh, uh, it had uh, Rain Pryor, Michael DeLorenzo, Leslie Bega, uh, Kim Russell, Brian Robbins. Robin oh, Givens was on that show. Robin Givens, thank you. Okay, Robin Givens, not Lisa Bonet. Okay, yes, I have seen that show. Okay. But, I mean, you know, oh, I gosh. thought it was pretty good. But, I mean, you start seeing some of these things, and, and he's done that. He was, God, let me see some of his more recent stuff here. Um, he's still acting? Yeah, God. he played he played uh, Dr. Aiden on an episode of CSI uh, Crime Investigation. Nice. Um, let me see. He just finished a TV movie called The Homeless Detective, where he plays a character named Howard. Hmm, Lot you know, big mm-hmm. stretch there. Right. Uh he was in the movie Halloween two back in two thousand nine. Uh he played Dr. James Broderick on ER. 
doctor. Maybe that's where I saw him. Oh my gosh! And I thought that it was wasn't like God. I don't. That's so funny how you can like look at somebody and just it drives you nuts. Where have I seen this actor before? Where have I seen this actor before? And that's the thing with Howard Hessman is that he plays these roles where you see him and it's kind of like, oh hey, there's Howard Hessman. Right. Like you said, another (laughs) utility actor that's all over the fucking place. And there's just certain things that, and I knew that he was on WKRP too, but for whatever reason, that didn't stand out for me as much. And he was a major player in that show. Mm -hmm. Why the hell? Yeah. That's great. That's great that he's still acting. He's been acting for like 50 years. That's awesome. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he's still going and that's the thing. I mean, he's, you can tell he's starting to slip, but it's not, you know, it's not overly where you're going, oh, God, this is horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, looking back on some of the trivia for this film, there's mm-hmm. not a whole lot. I mean, like we mentioned, we had Rex, you know, Paul Rubens being the voice of Rex, uh, uh, Max and then Rex later on. Uh-huh. Uh, let me see here. I wonder if he got that that job because of Flight of the Navigator. Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe that maybe that was kind of the that was why he got hired for that because he did such a good job as Max. I'd be willing to bet. Uh Oh, this is kind of interesting here. This hmm. was the second film released under the Disney banner to contain profanity. Really? Uh-huh. The word shit is said twice cuz there was a bit where Jeff had told him, told his brother, don't let him give you any shit, J- David. That's right. Yes. Uh-huh. And it's right. It was a Disney movie. I didn't even, didn't even mm-hmm. click with me. Right. And then uh, Mr. Freeman calls David Faraday, Dr. Faraday, a uh, bastard when Carolyn tells him that David took off in the ship. So you that's get that. Right. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a big deal, especially for 1986 that there was cussing in that. And I think that it actually has a PG rating, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. I Uh, wonder if that's why. That would be my guess. did you catch when they start talking about the animals that are on board the ship, did you catch the little reference there to something that would happen later on? Uh, Um, And they're talking about the different creatures? uh Uh-huh. When Max... Um, when Max is mentioning the different animals on board, he says, oh, that's a Phenostaurus from the Pixar elliptic. Vaguely. Okay. You, okay. you yes. know what the significance of that is, obviously, right? The Pixar elliptic. Mm-hmm. Pixar Studios. Burning. The what? Pixar Studios. Okay, Pixar. Okay. Five years later, Disney teamed up with Pixar, which was a fledgling special effects computer company. Now, that, oh, I didn't even know Pixar was around at that time. Uh-huh, wow. Uh-huh. They were, actually, okay. they were actually losing tons of Steve Jobs' money, and that comes straight from John Lasseter's mouth. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Yeah, so the, 1986, so then five years later, so 91. Wow. Mm-hmm. And ninety five or ninety yeah ninety five was when uh, we started seeing Toy Story show up, and that was the first right. Disney right. Pixar film. Right. Uh, oh my god, it's crazy to look back on that. You're right. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, how funny! I did not catch that. Now I did laugh here. Uh, obviously, we had the car full of the music listeners that 
65 Mustang. Yes, that was hilarious. Music. The teenagers, and he's all asking for directions or whatever. Yeah. Max goes, are, are, were those geeks? And nope. geek is pretty much exactly how Paul Rubin's character, Pee Wee Herman, is described. He's a geek. Exactly. Exactly. I loved it. So it was great. And <sighs> to answer your question, when you were, because I have it here in trivia, David's mm-hmm. flight to Phelan and back took 4.4 solar hours, while eight years have passed on Earth, indicating uh-huh. that time was slowed down for David by a factor of about 16,000, which corresponds to a speed of about 99.9999998% the speed of light. Oh, crap. So the math is correct. Wow, that's very cool. So, you know, there, there's, cool. there's your thing there. Uh, oh now this is neat now this makes me want to go to tomorrowland down in walt disney world oh yeah one of the original prop holes the you know of the ship itself right it was refurbished and it's now the topper of a drink station in tomorrowland at walt disney world's magic kingdom oh that's cool so i'm kind of like okay i you know i would kind of want to see that so i would too that's cool very nice. You know, but... Th- I remember watching it and just kind of, like, marveling. I'm remembering going back to when I was a kid and, and watching it. And, and when he was getting into the ship, at, like, for the first time and just looking around at all this silver and chrome. And I'm just like, oh, my God. It, it kind of brought me back to being nine years old again and going, oh, yeah. God, I remember how cool I thought this was back when I was watching this for the first time. And it is. It's so cool. Even, you know, that it's so dated, but yet in a lot of ways it really isn't. Like I was watching, and I watched it with Cassidy, my five-year-old, and she was just like watching it with her mouth just dropped open, just like how I watched it when it, I was nine when it came out. And that, and that like right there should say something. It. Yeah. And she was watching it and I kept looking over at her and she's like, that is so cool, mom. And I'm like, I know. And this movie is really old. It's like almost as old as you. And I'm like, yeah, almost as old as me. But it yeah. just, it was kind of neat seeing it from her eyes and, and, seeing that she was understanding it and it was making sense to her and she was just blown away by it. And I was too, I was watching it again and this is really kind of cool. This is kind of a timeless, timeless classic. It's really, and it's fun and it's upbeat and I love all the background eighties cheesy music, you know, (laughs) just the intro. And I mean, it just, the whole thing just brought me back to childhood and it was just one of those really, yeah, I mean, I loved, one of the things that I really liked about it was when they had the computer animation in it. And yes. you don't realize it, but you're, like, looking at that, and when you see the ship first, like, when it comes down from being 20 miles up, and then it turns into the Class 1 shape, and yeah. goes flying off, obviously that's, you know, computer-generated. And it, it just blew my mind that they were able to do that so well at that time. Oh, I know. It was crazy. I mean, and I was looking like there was only a couple of scenes. I think the scene where he stopped to take a piss, you can kind of see where there's like strings attached to the ship a little bit. I mean, you have to look hard for them. And I did. 
But in, in, in and I think there was a scene too where they showed the little weird creatures from each of the different planets. You could see that one of them was like controlled like a like a puppet. And you oh, can yeah. kind of see little strings in the background. But for the most part, like I was looking really hard. Like okay, let me see if I can find some goofs. Let me see if I can find. And I could really not find much. So I was like, this was pretty damn well done for 1986. Oh, Very yeah. high tech for 1986, in my opinion too. <laughs> You know, it's just there was a lot of stuff that I really liked, and me too. You know, just <laughs> I I loved all the stuff that we see, and just they they put together the movie really well for it being a Disney film. It's one of, probably one of the best ones that I like. I think so too. I think for me too, just because it was my favorite when it came out for a good couple of years after that. And I watched it over and over and over again. And it just, it, like I said, it's just like one of those really feel good. Plus, you know, just the whole like premise of, Oh, you know, being, you know, taken by aliens and studied and, but they put a fun and it wasn't scary. It was not, you know, at first I think I remember kind of thinking, Oh, is this going to be scary? Am I going to be scared by it? And it was just so like fascinating and fun and it appealed to kids just because of, you know, like we were talking earlier about Max kind of taking on a kid persona and talking with David and they would, you know, bicker back and forth and call each other names and, you know, the, the lingo geek and, you know, all of that. It was just like, oh my gosh, this, it totally brought me back to being, you know, it's 1986. It totally brought me back to childhood. And it was just one of those, it was like, oh, yeah, and <laughs> I'm I mean, so you glad know, I saw this again. <laughs> I, I, I loved it. I mean, when I, when I look back and I think about some of the stuff in here in this film and when I was a kid, you know, granted, yeah, I was seeing this when I was eight, nine years old. Right. There was, there was a bit which kind of tripped me out with, with him uh when he finally starts seeing all the animals there on the ship mm-hmm. and it scared me when the one grabbed his hat and ate the hat i mean it was funny yeah. afterwards with him belching but yeah. it was like oh my god that scared me and then when he went and he looked at the eye and also the eye pops out and it's this giant that eye scared me <laughs> it scared yeah. me at first but now looking back on it i'm like eh, okay you know it's nothing really to get scared at you you jump for a second but it's it you know as a kid now that I look back at it I go okay that's kind of funny I could get scared and be totally cool with it I wasn't gonna have nightmares later on. Right, it was not something they they made it more creepy, like more weird than than scary. They yeah. made, and it was very very believable. I remember Cassidy was just like that was one of the scenes where she was just like her mouth was just dropping open like how did they do that? There was that one slimy looking. <laughs> snotty looking like warm looking thing he's got a very bad cold what in the world that is nasty and she's like how did they do that i'm like i don't know honey but it's the magic of movies and she's like you know i was trying to tell her you know this was 30 years ago that this came out and you know trying to make her understand you know like nowadays you know it really that's what i was saying it was like it it amazed me even though the movie is so old that the technology and the it, everything could, I mean, I wouldn't say that it could pass for being, you know, a recent film. You could tell that it came out in the eighties, yeah. but not so bad to where it was cheesy. Like, Oh my God. You know, it was, it kind of tripped me out in a good way. Like, Oh wow. Look at the, you know, the computers, look at the phones, look at the, you know, the TVs that they had back then, but it wasn't so like let negative. Me ask, it was yeah. kind of like, Oh my gosh, how cool is that? Let me ask and you Ralph, this. wasn't wasn't that the wasn't there the the mail delivery 
mm-hmm. robot or whatever. What, what was that? Ralph? Yes, that was Ralph. I, I don't remember yeah. what it was. Robotic, automated, something, something. I can't remember yeah, what it was. Yeah, Cassidy was really into that, too. She's like, that looks like something we could build. I'm like, we probably could. <laughs> we probably could. You never know. But mm-hmm. it, it was still very fascinating, even though it was so, you know, it's dated. But it's still one of those things that's like, that's really kind of neat. Well, with that in mind, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Even though this movie was made with time travel in consideration going from 78 to 86 and back, would you say that this movie is dated but still very enjoyable? I mean, even though it is focusing on that one particular slice of time? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I watched it, and it, like I said, it immediately brought me back, and it was like, it brought me back to a happy place. Like, oh my gosh, I remember loving this movie so much, and I, rec- I recognize the reasons why, as an mm-hmm. adult, watching it and going, oh my god, that's why I loved it so much, because of this, and because of the special effects, and because of how they did the creatures, and because of how, you know, how believable... You know, the actor who played David, how, you know, good of an actor he was. And there were so many elements and Sarah Jessica Parker and, and her role in this. And just, yes, it's it's dated, but it's not so dated that you can't relate to it or appreciate it or be entertained by it still. Yeah. People still use the word geek. My 13-year-old still uses the word geek. You know, <laughs> you're a geek. You know? It's just yeah. like, wow, you know, the terminology is still... You know, it's still out there and people can, you know, I, I don't know if Christina has actually seen it. My 13 year old, I should show her that and see what she thinks. Uh, but, uh, I mean, my, my five-year-old loved it. She's like, this is a cool movie. You never know. You, know? you so, never know nowadays, you know? So. Right. It's the magic of Disney. That's I just said. It's a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my favorite Disney movie is Snow White. And that was the very first one, you know, 1937, you know, it's just some mm-hmm. things are timeless and some things yeah. you can watch over and over and over again and not get tired of them and rediscover new things each time you watch it. And this is one of those that I, I remember happy memories watching this movie with my brother and uh, yeah, it's, it's great. Well, with that, let's go ahead and end this episode cause it's getting late for us. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening to talking about my generation Please go out, check us out on MyGenerationPodcast.com. Leave us feedback. If you want to leave comments there on the webpage, you can do that. If you want to email us, uh, you can email us at uh, MyGenerationPodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page where you can go and leave comments there, and that's probably actually the best way to get information on what's upcoming Uh, because I do try to post out as much as I can before the episode comes out as to what's coming up. Also, if you guys would, please go to iTunes. Tell us what you think. Even if you think that we deserve one star, let us know. I'm still waiting for a one-star review just so I can laugh at it. Or go, yep, (laughs) yeah, he was exactly right. It sounds shitty. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, if I get that one star, I I will definitely talk about that. Uh, So, yeah, thank you all for listening. uh, if you do want to reach us, there is another way that you can reach us as well. I am on Twitter. I am at S-P-R-Z-O-U-T, Sprizout. Uh, I am at Mommy of 3 c Girls. Okay. So we will go ahead and sign off, and thank you for listening. <laughs>